from Beacon Point. This is Dollars and Cents, a really great podcast about money. Co-host and certified financial planners, Kobe Cress and Karen Reifel, help listeners navigate various life moments and major life events through the lens of personal finance. Contrary to popular belief, these money conversations are not boring. Prepare to be informed and entertained. Welcome back to another episode of Dollars and Cents, a really great podcast about money. I'm Kobe Cress, and with me as always is Senior Wealth Advisor here at Beacon Point, Karen Rifel. Kobe, it's great to see you and not in a buttoned-up collared shirt today, I see. I am not. You told me last time I had to keep it casual. So I am just in a t-shirt for anybody listening out there, just listening to the audio. Uh, but I'm excited to be back with you. Good to see you. We have another great episode for folks today. and Karen. I work with a lot of folks who are maybe in between jobs, maybe they've just entered retirement, or there's some other life circumstance that has led to them not being yet age 65 and eligible for Medicare, but also not being covered by some kind of employer insurance. And I get the question quite a bit, how do I bridge that healthcare gap to make sure that I have proper coverage before I I reach age 65? Is this something you come across with clients? Yeah, def- absolutely. It's a common question. And it happens to clients of all ages, really, as we move through life and change careers or employers and so forth. And, uh, you know, it's it's not a direct question to answer because it depends on, on everyone's unique circumstances. Uh, luckily, Kobe, you had the chance to sit down with a health insurance consultant not long ago and ask a few questions of him on how individuals go about bridging this gap of insurance. Um, so tell me, tell me about that. That's a perfect segue. So uh, for folks out there who have listened to our previous episodes, we really appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed them and found them useful. For those of you who have yet to go back and listen to our previous uh, episodes, definitely do that. There's some great information out there. But I bring it up because today's episode is a little bit different. So as you mentioned, Karen, I recently was able to sit down with Matt Garner, who's the president of the Gardner Insurance Group, which is a health insurance uh, excuse me, a health markets insu- insurance agency. There we go. Uh, and we had a really great discussion around this very topic. So today, we're going to bring that discussion to you uh, listeners out there. Additionally, if you've never been to our YouTube page, there's a lot more uh, great resources on the Beacon Point YouTube page. So just search for Beacon Point. There's an E at the end of point uh, and go to our YouTube page. Uh, we will also post a link to that in the show notes. But this same event, the same information with Matt Gardner um, is featured in a video there. So we hope you guys enjoy this discussion uh, between myself and Matt Gardner. And as always, listeners, if you have any questions or if there are any topics you would like to hear us discuss on a, on a future episode of the podcast, please email us at info at getthesense.com. Once more, that's info at getthesense.com. And as Kobe mentioned, we'll be sure to include any resources discussed with Matt today in our show notes. And without further ado, Matt and Kobe. Hey, Matt. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks, Kobe. Uh, Glad to be on the call with you. Well, I know it's been a long time coming, so I'm excited we're able to finally record this. And I also know we have a lot to cover. So uh, we will dive right in. Uh, And as you well know, Matt, today we're talking about bridging the gap to Medicare and Medicare basics. So with that in mind, can you outline for us just the basic problem that we're trying to address? What do we mean when we say bridging the gap to Medicare? 
Uh, great question. So when we say bridging the gap to Medicare, there's a lot going on in the country right now with obviously we're in the middle of the pandemic situation. And the reality is, is we have a lot of employees that are, let's say, 50 to 64 years old. And whether they're being furloughed or let go or contemplating early retirement or just you know flat out concerned about what their employment looks like, they're really trying to figure out how do I if I do want to make a move, what impact is that going to have on my health insurance as I get to Medicare? You know, do they stay with their employer? Do they look at individual options? There's a myriad of, of different strategies out there, but they're, they're going through this quandary of what do I do and what's out there, what's available? And so when folks are looking at what's available to them, like you said, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So folks out there are being faced with uh, early retirement or maybe they're being furloughed and they're really trying to assess what their options are since they very well may lose their health insurance through their employer. And now they need to bridge that gap uh, until they can either reach, uh, as you like to call it, the promised land of age 65 and Medicare uh, or come up with some other kind of solution. Yeah. Yeah, so if we unpack kind of the strategies, you know, there's really six scenarios that employees should, I think, take a serious look at. The first one being COBRA, which is a continuation of their existing medical coverage. Maybe they look at the marketplace, which is an individual strategy that was designed uh, to help individuals obtain insurance. Maybe they're lower income and there's Medicaid benefits. Obviously, people that are being let go that are over 65 can gravitate into Medicare. There's short-term medical strategies that exist that have advantages and disadvantages. And then we do have some employees that may have a spouse or even themselves that want to start another business or become self-employed. And that's going to be their strategy to get to Medicare benefits. And, And maybe they look at a group policy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it gives us a good overview of the options that are available. And one of those options that I heard you mention is COBRA. And I think COBRA has somewhat of an image problem. Uh, Most folks think of it as too expensive or only to be used as a last resort. So can you talk to us about COBRA and specifically when folks should consider using it and some of the pitfalls, and possibly even the advantages of COBRA insurance for folks out there? That's a great point. You know, there's uh, COBRA has, um, uh, for some people, it could be a fantastic solution. For others, it might be an expensive solution. But essentially, COBRA allows employees to continue or maintain their group plan. Obviously, they're going to pay full premium. So they're going to pay the portion that they were paying out of their paycheck the portion that the employer was paying on their behalf. And usually there's a small administrative fee for the third-party administrator to manage their COBRA. And typically people that are COBRA eligible have either lost their group coverage because of a reduction in hours. You know, sometimes when you drop below 30 hours a week, it's going to kick you into not being eligible or not being eligible anymore, possibly quitting their employment or, or flat out losing their employment. Maybe it's not their choice. It's the employer's choice. But COBRA is good for 18 months. Uh, in some cases, you know, if there's death and disability, you know, people might be able to keep it longer. But COBRA is, is definitely a strategy that some people may want to look at for that 18-month period of time. Uh, if you'd like, we can kind of unpack some of the advantages and disadvantages you know, to give your viewers a, a, a little bit more understanding of what that looks like. Yeah, let's go through that. I think it's really useful information for folks out there. 
So let's walk through some of the advantages. So, so number one, it's the exact same coverage that they had before. So same card, same coverage. Maybe they've already met some of their deductibles and they're concerned that, hey, if I go get something else, I'm going to have a new set of deductibles. So if somebody's already met a significant portion of their coverage, they may want to consider that as well. They have access to the same doctors and hospitals that they've been accustomed to. We have a lot of clients that are married to their doctor and, hey, look, I'm not... I'm not changing. They're, they're my person. Uh, we have some that are flexible that may want to look at other doctors and that might not be as important. But if, if maintaining your same doctors and hospitals is important, a great strategy. Obviously, if you're older, your premiums may be better on Cobra than they will the marketplace. So what I mean by that, on most large employers, they're taking the average age, average health of the employee. So if you have a 23-year-old and a 64-year-old, a 23-year-old's cost might be 300 a month. A 64-year-old cost might be 1200 a month. Well, when you have group coverage, what happens is now everybody's an average of those two numbers. So they might be somewhere between 550 to 650 a month. So for them to pay five, six, $700 a month for a Cobra may be a heck of a lot cheaper than paying 1200 a month in the open market. So those mm -hmm. are some of the advantages. Obviously, some of the disadvantages is sometimes the premium might be expensive if let's say somebody hasn't met their deductible, they're relatively healthy, they don't use a lot of medical, but they're concerned about, you know, if they're diagnosed with, with what I like to call the big one, you know, God forbid it's heart attack, cancer, stroke, something significant, they got to have medical insurance to not lose everything they've worked their whole life for. So if they're in that situation, for them to pay 600 a month might be expensive when there might be an, an individual alternative that might be less. So really the, the disadvantage in most cases are, are minimal compared to the advantages for most of our older folks. If obviously we have an employee that's in their thirties and they're, they're losing group coverage for them to pay 600 or $700 a month for their existing plan. In almost every case, it makes sense for us to look at an individual strategy for them. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it's already becoming clear for folks out there that you should do some planning around your insurance because there are quite a few different strategies and it really depends on your individual situation. Uh, but while we're talking about Cobra, I'm reminded of a question that you answered on a recent event we did together, which is Cobra, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but Cobra can usually be stretched over 18 months, but there are scenarios when it can be stretched longer than that. Can you just cover that for us? What are those scenarios? It can, yeah. So COBRA can go um, longer depending on a couple situations. If there's a disability that occurs in a certain time frame, COBRA can be extended. Sometimes if there's a death, COBRA can be ex extended. We're, we typically don't see it too often. So I would say you know, more than 95, 97% of the population is going to have that coverage for 18 months. I think a big part of what we're talking about today and what we discussed in that recent event we did together is that when it comes to bridging the gap to Medicare, there are no silver bullets. There's no magic solution that's going to work for everybody. Uh, and a lot of the times it's going to take a combination of solutions that may include COBRA, it may include some of the other 
strategies that we're going to talk about today. But the important thing is to have a plan, to have a plan how you're going to bridge that gap and how all of these different strategies may work together for you to help you achieve your goals. Absolutely. And, and I think you bring up a good point. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a combination of strategies. Uh, and, and Cobra doesn't have to be a one-size-fits-all. So if it's an uh, employee and a spouse, and the spouse needs coverage uh, under Cobra, but the employee does not, you can typically Cobra out for select individuals. So you know, it, it's definitely wise for your audience to seek local advice of the brokerage community and people that understand how this stuff works, because they can really help them it's almost like on a Rubik's cube, but we get to play with the stickers. You know, I always, uh, as a kid, <laughs> wished I could figure out how to, you know, put a Rubik's cube back together. But unfortunately, every time I put the stickers back on, they were crooked. <laughs> you know, I always struggled with the Rubik's cube as well, so I completely understand. And you're absolutely right; it is essential to have a team of experts around you to help you make these decisions. There are a lot of options, a lot of nuances, and you want to make sure you have the best advice possible. Hopefully, this show is a great resource for folks, but don't discount having a local insurance broker who's there to help you. Uh, it's a great resource. Make sure you take advantage of that as well. So now that we've addressed COBRA, you mentioned a few other strategies that are available for folks, a few other options, one of those being individual health insurance, maybe short-term medical, or even new group coverage as additional options that folks should look at. So can you walk us through those? Uh, and again, maybe touch on some of the pros and cons of those strategies. Absolutely. I'd love to. So the individual market um, is ever-changing. Uh, ever since I've been in the business, uh, for a long time, in the early on in my career, things were pretty much the same. And then the Affordable Care Act hit, and it seemed like every day there were new requirements, new rules, uh, new ways of understanding things. But the health insurance marketplace, so we've, we've heard these terms before. Uh, it's been called Obamacare, the marketplace, the ACA, the Affordable Care Act. Essentially, it's the same thing, just called a, uh, you know, a different names. So essentially, the marketplace was designed to help people that have pre-existing conditions not be excluded or singled out because they have something in their medical background. So there are no questions on the application about your medical background. It's a guaranteed issue, and it covers anything in your medical background. Okay? However, the plans are... The pricing is based on your age, your income, tobacco, and the area in which you live. So if you have you know, six or seven people in your family, the pricing is based on your income. So the government has set guidelines that say, hey, if your income's under these limits, there's potential tax credits to offset your premium. So that can be an advantage for some people who maybe are losing employment, their income's going to drop below the limit. They can take uh, advantage of some affordable options through the marketplace. They do cover pre-existing conditions, as I mentioned. You also get free wellness like mammogram, PAP, PSA, colorectal cancer screening, child immunizations are covered. There's a lot of mandated benefits in there. The challenge, though, that some of these people face is the network of doctors and hospitals are thin. It's, they're smaller. The, the insurance companies have to shrink who you have the ability to see to try to make a profit in a guaranteed issue market. Think about this. You're an insurance company and you take on a new insured that's paying 400 a month and they have cancer. And you know, in the next two weeks, you as the insurance company are going to have to pay $400,000 in claims for this person that, that's paying you 400 a month. 
think about all the people that you got to collect three and 400 a month from to try to make a profit in that environment. So what they do is they really try to manage your care, manage the expenses. And for some people that could be a disadvantage if it's a facility or a hospital that they frankly don't want to go to. So it has, again, a lot of advantages, typically designed for your lower income buyer, your person that has some things in their medical background that might be of concern. However, if your income is above the limit and you're paying full price, you know it's kind of a tough pill to swallow if you have a small network of doctors and hospitals. If you're healthy and your income is above the limit, there's a lot of better options out there that, that may serve that, that consumer better. And you mentioned on that recent event we did together, and of course, Matt is licensed in numerous states. When the marketplace was launched in Arizona, it wasn't great. Can you give us an update on that? How is the marketplace now? Are there good options out there available for folks? It's interesting. It kind of ebbs and flows. I mean, it's definitely more stable. Uh, we've seen some stabilization. Uh, the carriers in the marketplace, some of them are actually profitable now. Uh, whereas in the beginning, there, there was just unknown. And you know, a, a lot of carriers lost hundreds of millions of dollars early on because they bought a lot of you know, bad business, people that have a lot of pre-existing conditions that they had to pay for. So mm. it has stabilized. It's settled in. Right now in 2020, there's five carriers in the marketplace. Uh, you have Ambetter, you have Oscar, Bright Health, Cigna, and who am I forgetting? Uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, came in this year as they were out in previous years. Their network is is a little bit smaller in the marketplace this year as they're kind of testing, you know, what does that footprint look look like? Do we get into it a little bit more aggressively next year? That kind of thing. Uh, I mean, last year alone, we just had one carrier. So you had six plans to choose from from one carrier. So size 10 shoe. Wow. You know, it's starting to expand a little bit, which is which is good, which helps give the consumer a little bit more choice in how they how they pick what what plan they want. That's really good information, Matt. I think a lot of folks have either misinformation or maybe even a bad taste in their mouth about the marketplace. All they've ever really heard is bad news, that carriers were pulling out, that the options were terrible. So it's good to know that there's five carriers in there now, that it's getting a little bit more settled, and maybe there's some better options for folks. So that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, and now that you've talked about individual health insurance, can you talk a little bit about short-term medical and how that may be a strategy for folks to consider? Yeah, I want to jump into that real quick. I want to mention one other thing too on Marketplace before we move on. They have to be really careful on what they put for their income. So the tax credits are based on right now your 2020 modified adjusted gross income. For some of my friends that are in the real estate business or in commission sales, they might be on track to make 50000 They might be on track to make 250000 It's such a moving target. And here's what happens is you put what you think you're going to make for 2020. And then at the end of the year, it gets trued up. So if you put your income in lower than it is, and the government's giving you five, six, $700 a month of tax credits, if you go a dollar over the limit, you owe 100% of all those uh, tax credits back at the end of the year. So the consumer really, really needs to be careful on how they're using their income to get these tax credits. So you definitely want to talk to your advisor, your CPAs, your accountants, your, your financial team to really make sure that you're not overstepping what that looks like. So I, I think it's important for, for our viewers to know that, that, that that's a big piece. With that said, short-term medical, as we talked about, is a, a really interesting scenario. So 
a couple of years ago, the insurance companies got cute and they took one day off the plan. So instead of 365 days, it was 364 days. So they take one day off and they called it short-term medical. And because it was short-term medical, it did not cover pre-existing conditions. It did not cover free wellness. There were no maternity benefits. Most of the plans had discounts at the pharmacy. So essentially, it didn't meet the guidelines of the Affordable Care Act. So it was a non-compliant plan. However, a lot of people bought that plan because it was 40 to 60% less expensive than the marketplace. So they said, hey, I'll pay a couple hundred bucks a month for this product. And then I'll pay a couple hundred dollars a month in, in fines for not having health insurance that's required. And it was still, in most cases, less expensive than going into the exchange. But what happened is it took the healthier buyer out of the marketplace and added strain to those carriers that were taking pre-existing conditions. Fast forward to today, the short-term medical really comes in three flavors. You can get them 30 days at a time, 60, 90, you know, uh, what I like to call six months or less. Those are going to be for people that are going from one employer to another. And maybe they don't want to take COBRA for three months because they're relatively healthy and they just need 90 days of coverage. We can ensure that need and fill that gap very well. And then we have people that maybe have a need from, let's say, six months to two years. We have products in that range as well. And then recently, uh, fourth quarter of last year, we, we got access to a product uh, that's known in the, in the community as a tri-term. It's a 12-month short-term plan that's renewable for up to three years. And Kobe, I got to tell you, three years is an eternity in the individual insurance space. Um, <laughs> You know, we we were enrolling people in 90-day plans and re-enrolling them in 90 days, and it was just it was it was a daunting task for us and for them. But uh, the short term, they do not cover pre-existing conditions. There's no free wellness. It's like major medical insurance. It's kind of like insurance was when I got in the business back in 2007. But it's a great solution for the right person. Well, there certainly are a lot of options out there for folks, which is why this information is so important. So we've talked about individual health insurance. We've talked about short-term medical. Uh, and what about new group coverage? I know this may not apply to as many folks out there, but I think it's still valuable information. Can you talk to us a little bit about new group coverage uh, and how that may be a strategy for folks? Yeah, I think it's helpful. Um, I mean, hey, we live in America. You know, I, I think part of the American dream these days is 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 starting and owning and potentially running your own business. So, if you're you're leaving employment and you're not ready to retire, and you know you're starting a landscape business or an interior design business or you know real estate or whatever flavor it is, group insurance opens up a lot of opportunity. So essentially, with group insurance, we typically have to have two employees that are on payroll. It can't be a husband-wife. We used to be able to do that years ago. The carriers uh, kind of frown upon that. So there's rules against husband-wife groups. But it could be a brother, a sister, a grown child. But we need at least two. And we have companies that we serve that have hundreds of employees. So any flavor between two on up, we can do. But in, in Maricopa County right now, and as Kobe mentioned, um, I'm licensed in 20, 26 states, something like this. But in Maricopa County here in Arizona, there's 295 plans to choose from when it comes to United, Humana, Blue Cross Blue Shield. There's even more when you add in Aetna and Nat General and some of these other carriers that we represent. So there's literally hundreds of options. And luckily for us, we get to narrow those down and we're going to narrow those down rapidly. I had a call early this morning with one of my clients and uh, I joked that he said, hey, if I sent you all 296 plans, you'd probably never call me back. He goes, Matt, you're spot on. 
So we were able to narrow it down. He's got a small company. Actually, he works for Intel. His business partner works for Intel. And then they started a company that services and maintains solar equipment. So they have three guys that work for them and they do maintenance on solar. They do things to deflect birds and things like this. And they also have a, a small pest control company. And he's like, look, I don't need insurance. My business partner doesn't need insurance. We get it from Intel but we want to have benefits for our three or five guys. And as we expand, we know it's the right thing to do to offer benefits to our employees. We want to keep them healthy. We want to attract and retain the right people. And he's like, I just don't know if we can afford to do this. And I said, look, what you need to look at is how much could you set aside per employee per month that's comfortable? Don't worry about what the cost is, but look at your budget. You know, Could you set aside $200, $250, $300 a month per employee to get benefits. And he goes, Matt, when you put it that way, I could set aside $250 a month per guy. And when we pulled up the rates, you know, he had a younger group of guys. So, I mean, we, we could get him a plan for $350 to $400 a month. And if he's paying a couple hundred dollars of it, now it's a reasonable benefit for that employee to go on and have you know, pre-tax benefits. So for those that are transitioning that maybe own a business, possibly are starting a business or has a spouse that has one, uh, it definitely opens up a lot of opportunities as well outside of the marketplace and short term and things like this. That's really a great option. I think a lot of folks out there don't even realize that this is an option and they retire and maybe they realize really quickly that they're not ready to be done, but they've always had a passion for and you input there whatever that passion may be. And they don't realize that if they were to start some kind of business, they could benefit from a health insurance standpoint uh, by having new group coverage on their new business. So it adds a benefit, it allows them to pursue their passion, and it can also help them bridge that gap to Medicare, maybe without using some of these other strategies that we've talked about. So it really is a great option for folks. Yeah, it's really exciting to meet those folks. You know, they've they've worked for corporate America for their whole life. They've saved up some money. And and you really see a sigh of relief when they go, hey, I can go start my wreath business or my, you know, the, the all the creative people that we have. It's just amazing what people are capable of. And it's fun to watch them enjoy that part of, of their journey. It is always exciting to get to see clients pursue the things that they love. I have the privilege of experiencing that quite a bit and helping folks through that process. Uh, and it really is exciting. You are not wrong there. So we've talked about individual health insurance, short-term medical and new group coverage. So uh, when it comes to bridging the gap, the final option that you outlined for us earlier, Matt, was Medicaid. Can you walk us through the basics of Medicaid and when it may be available for folks? So high level, and this is very high level, uh, Medicaid has a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of good resources that viewers can go to. HealthEarizonaPlus.gov is a great resource. So it's the word health spelled out, the letter E, Arizona plus.gov. A lot of great resources on that website. But essentially, Medicaid is designed for low-income individuals, families, pregnant women, children, seniors, sometimes those needing long-term care with disabilities. But it's all 100% based around low income. So if they have lower income, there's, there's benefits for medical. And you know those that reach out, we can walk them through what those guidelines look, look like and, and give them resources. But it's great coverage. I mean, there's there's a lot of good networks. There's a lot of great doctors that take it. You know, I, I know years ago Medicaid or Access kind of was you know maybe looked upon differently. But I, I mean, I, I have uh, personal acquaintances and friends that I know that have had 
you know, children on access at Honor Health in a nice hospital and, you know, they're not treated any different than anybody else. So it's a great scenario for those that are, are dealt with a different set of cards and need some financial assistance. It is certainly a great safety net that's in place for those who may need it. And I do recommend that you get some help in making the determination if it's the right strategy for you. And of course, to make sure that you meet all of the requirements to qualify for Medicaid as well. All right, well, let's say we've made it. We've made it to age 65 and we've made it to Medicare. As you like to say, we've made it to the promised land. We've implemented the strategies outlined today and we've made it. Now what? Can you give us an overview of the Medicare system, maybe how it works, and possibly even some tips, some considerations, and strategies that people should keep in mind while looking at their Medicare coverage options? Absolutely. We like to joke in our office that it's the ticket to Disneyland, right? I turned 65, I got my Part A, I got my Part B, I get to go on the roller coaster. Uh, but it doesn't have to be a roller coaster. It really is a great program for those of us that are 65 and up. Obviously, some people that are under the age of 65 with certain disabilities can qualify for Medicare early. They have a whole different set of um, options. But there, there's essentially four parts. You have Part A, which is your hospitalization coverage. Um, that allegedly is free. You've actually paid into it over your 40 quarters of working. So there's no cost for Part A when you come into Medicare. Again, that's your hospitalization coverage. Part B is in boys, your outpatient services. Uh, these are things like doctor visits and durable medical care and you know things that are not hospital related, CT scans, MRIs, testing, you know those, those sorts of things. Part B premium right now is about $144 a month. That's between the consumer and the government. Obviously, some of our higher wage earners can be subject to what we call IRMA, which is an income-related adjustment. So there's, a, there's a, a tier based on your income where you could potentially pay up in the $400 range for Part B. And again, there's, there's a lot of brackets in between that as well. So that's A and B. That's what we refer to as uh, original Medicare. Part A has uh, deductibles for the first 60 days in the hospital, and then there's uh, daily expenses thereafter. Part B has $198 deductible and then 80-20 coinsurance. So there's some coverage, but there's gaps in that. So there's really two strategies. The first strategy is to look at a Medigap policy or what we refer to as a Medicare supplement. Uh, and in the Medicare supplement, that's something that you would acquire from an insurance company. And there's all these different letters, Plan N and Plan K and Plan G and Plan F. But essentially, there's a lot of different flavors in there. So getting local help to figure out which one might make sense for you is, is definitely something that's of importance. However, those plans are all the same no matter what carrier you get them from. So if you get Plan G from United, it's the same coverage as if you got it from Blue Cross or Mutual of Omaha or anybody else in town. The benefits are the same. What you get is obviously the carrier, the experience, claims processing, you know, those kind of things. So you, you definitely want to kind of shop those around. But the supplements are, are designed to help cover what A and B does not. And in some cases, you can get all of that covered, uh, no cost to you. So that's Plan F. Plan F is actually getting sunsetted here in the near term. So a lot of people are looking at Plan G as in George. It covers all of A. It covers the 20% on B. The consumer just has to pay the $198 Part B deductible. So it's a great way to have a low-cost premium and very robust coverage. If you do pick a Medicare supplement plan, it's highly recommended that you pick a standalone prescription drug card. There's a lot of options. I think in Maricopa County now, we have over 30 different 
prescription drug plans to choose from. We have software that helps us help the consumer where we put in prescriptions, the pharmacy they want to go to, and it shops it all around and says, hey, based on your pharmacy usage, where you like to go, this plan is going to make the most financial sense for you. So we, we help them with that. So that's the first strategy is a Medicare supplement. The second strategy, uh, and people are going to start seeing a lot of advertisements on this as we near what we call open enrollment, which is fourth quarter for a January 1st start date. And those are Medicare Advantage plans. And Medicare Advantage plans, essentially what you're doing is you're assigning your benefits of Part A and Part B to an insurance company, and then they're going to manage your care on your behalf. Some of those premiums are zero. Some of those premiums can be a little bit higher. There's HMOs, there's PPOs. There's a lot of different plans you can pick. But typically on your Medicare Advantage plan, you're going to have copays at the doctor. You're going to have copays at the hospital. Uh, you're going to have a max out of pocket of three to 5000 maybe a little bit higher depending on the plan you pick. So it's a great opportunity for some of our friends that live, work, and play in their area. They see their handful of doctors and they want to keep their premiums down. It's a fantastic solution. So it really just depends on what the person is trying to accomplish, what their budgets are, what their medical background's like. Uh, so really sitting down with an advisor is in their best interest to navigate the complexities of this. Uh, and Medicare is very highly regulated. We have to take a lot of training and certification every year. Uh, and and we, we take that with uh, high regard. I take it very serious. We, we put in hours of time uh, making sure we're certified, appointed, and prepared to help the Medicare beneficiaries navigate those complexities. Well, I think it's certainly clear that this is complex. There are a lot of options that are available for folks. And I think for a lot of people, it can be overwhelming. And I want to encourage folks out there to seek help. When we talk about having a plan, don't feel like you have to do that alone. If you have a financial advisor, you should certainly bring this up to them. And you should also seek out professional help from somebody like Matt. And I know the concern may be that you don't want to pay more to get access to that advice. So I think it's important, Matt, if you can for us, just talk to folks about how you're paid to hopefully encourage them to seek out the advice that they need. Yeah, great question. So we, we ultimately get compensated by the carriers. And for the most part, um, we get a small commission every month. They make their monthly payment. Um, so we want to make sure they like it, they use it, they keep it, and they communicate to us uh, if, if that's not the case so we can make adjustments. But we work really well with financial advisors. And I think your clients and potential prospects and people listening out there, don't be afraid. Get your insurance person in the same room with your financial advisor or your CPA and just make sure that everything's rowing in the same direction. You know, it's good to have a team uh, behind you. That way you can focus on your family and your life and your business. But yeah, we, we, we get paid by the carriers. So we're, we're essentially free to the consumer. We've got years of experience and we're, we're here to share it. I think it's always a big eye-opener for folks to learn that services like yours, Matt, are free in the same way that it was a big eye-opener for me to learn that travel agents do not charge you a fee to book travel for you. When I learned that, I thought, why haven't I been using a travel agent to book all travel, even in the modern world? It would save me all sorts of time. So for any folks out there that are interested in sitting down and having a conversation with Matt, and even if you decide to move forward with a recommendation that Matt makes, just know he is not compensated by you. He's compensated by the insurance agencies. Yeah. And I was just going to say, they don't charge the plans more if you buy it from us or from them direct. So if you get it from us or you go onto their website, 
the exact same cost. The difference is if you have an advisor uh, or an insurance agent that knows what they're doing, if you have any issues along the way, claims issues, you need help, you have an advocate on your side that has direct communication with the carrier. So you're not out there on your own. Yeah, you'd, you'd be crazy to kind of go direct. Well, I can tell everybody who's listening out there that Matt is absolutely top-notch. So you would be crazy not to take him up on his offer of help. He'll take great care of you. You don't have to pay anything for it. Uh, so don't let an opportunity like that go to waste. Certainly give Matt a call uh, and set up some time to speak with him. I know we're running short on time here, but I want to bring up two other items really quickly. Matt and I have already been in talks about doing another episode-focused only on Medicare and really getting in depth there and providing you with a lot more great information. Matt is a wealth of knowledge, so we'll take advantage of that and get more information from him in the coming months, so stay tuned for that. And then secondly, Matt, for anybody out there that wants to get a hold of you, would like to set up some time to speak with you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? So the best way to reach us is uh, by calling my office, which is in Scottsdale, 480 480- Five two four one zero one five. Uh, you'll most likely catch my assistant Robin. She's amazing. I always joke that uh, she's from South Georgia, so sometimes people would rather call and talk to her than me. Uh, so for that, I'm grateful. <laughs> um, you can also go to our website, which is healthmarkets.com forward slash Matthew Gardner. So uh, great uh, resource if you want to find us on the web as well. Well, there you have it. And for anybody listening out there, I will include Matt's contact information in the show notes. So if you want to get hold of him, but you're not sure how to contact him, look at the show notes. His contact information will be in there. Matt, thanks for being with us uh, today. I was so excited to have you join. I'm already excited to have you back, hopefully very soon. So thank you again for taking the time to be with us. Kobe, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. For those listening, uh, stay healthy and uh, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Get The Sense and online at beaconpoint.com. That's point with an E. Be sure to check back regularly for new episodes. Until next time, keep your dollars and we'll keep our cents.